Welcome to Wayne Zion Lutheran Church in Royal Miles Health. This is Sunday, February 13th, 6th Sunday after Epiphany. Due to scheduling, we are replaying the service from February 17th, 2019. This service is sponsored by George and Bonnie Tobiason in honor of their 55th wedding anniversary. Join us on our website at waynezion.org for more information. Thank you for joining us today. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who creates us and forms us, who redeems us and calls us, who unites us and sends us. Amen. Gathered in God's presence, let us confess our sin. Mighty and loving God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We seek our own way. We divide the body of Christ. In your mercy, cleanse us and heal us. Let the words of your mouth, the thoughts of our hearts, and everything that we do be filled with faith, hope, and love. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Please join me as we read the prayer of the day located at the top of your insert. Living God, in Christ you make all things new. Transform the poverty of our nature by the riches of your grace. And in the renewal of our lives, make known your glory through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The first reading comes from Jeremiah, chapter 17, 5 through 10. Thus says the Lord, Cursed are those who trust in mere mortals and make mere flesh their strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. They shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when relief comes. They shall live in the parched places of the wilderness, in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. They shall be like a tree planted by water, sending out its roots by the stream. It shall not, be fe- it shall not fear when heat comes, and its leaves shall stay green. In the year of drought, it is not anxious, and it does not cease to bear fruit. The heart is devious above all else. It is perverse. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, test the mind and search the heart, to give all according to their ways, according to the fruit of their doings. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. The second reading comes from 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 12 through 20. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our proclamations has been in vain and your faith has been in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified of God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true, that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile 
and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have died in Christ have perished. If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, rejoice and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. Alleluia. The Gospel according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. After choosing his twelve apostles, Jesus teaches a crowd of followers about the nature and demands of discipleship. He begins his great sermon with surprising statements about who is truly blessed in the eyes of God. Jesus came down with the twelve and stood on a level place. With a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all in the crowd were teaching to, reaching to touch him, for power came out from him and healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. For that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus was a great teacher. In fact, I think long before any of us realized that people learn by different teaching styles, Jesus had already perfected this. Jesus asked open questions. Who do you say that I am? He taught through storytelling. I love to picture him gathered, gathering children around him to tell a story. He loved object lessons, like last week's lesson where we used, he used the fish. By the way, I wish I had a video of my point of view because you all made great fish. The method that Jesus used that is the most difficult for me personally to understand is the one that he used in today's lesson. He seems to really get to the point, but then you have to ask yourself, wait, what was the point here? Most of us are familiar with today's gospel. We may be a little bit more familiar with the account of the story from the book of Matthew. That one is titled The Sermon on the Mount. 
The Sermon on the Mount is a little bit more dramatic and beautiful in the way that it is presented. This version from Luke is just a little bit more plain, but it does seem, like I said, to get right to the point. As I skim through the passage, it all seems pretty clear. You all heard it when I read the gospel. Blessed are these people, and woe are these people. Jesus can't make it that easy, though. He wants us to think a little deeper. There is more that he wants the disciples and us to learn as he is delivering this message. So let me start with a question for you. When you ask for God's blessings in your life, what kind of blessings are you thinking about? What are you picturing in your mind that you would like blessings on? I'm sure we can all agree that we want to be blessed. When I pray for other people, I ask God to bless them. This makes sense, but depending on what our understanding of a blessing is, it can mean very different things. And that's what I feel that today's passage is about. I think it is talking about how we measure the blessings in our lives. It makes us think about what our true blessings are. It's easy for our it's easy for us to measure our blessings from a worldly view. Someone who has a beautiful home and has no problem paying their bills probably feels blessed in their lives. Those that struggle with their finances or who are homeless or unsure how they will feed their children their next meal might not feel as blessed. This passage, though, may be telling us to measure our blessings through God's view. God loves every single one of us in the most unconditional way imaginable. He doesn't want for us to struggle or suffer. He also doesn't want us to feel bad about working hard and having a beautiful home or whatever it is that the case may be. He wants what is best for us. He loves his children. Verse 20 says, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Let's look at that from a worldly point of view. It could be saying, if you have no money and you are completely broke, don't worry about it. Because in heaven, you're going to be rich. Now that might be a little bit of a stretch. Let's look at the same verse from God's point of view. From God's point of view, when you know that you can rely on God and not all of the riches of the world, that is when you are truly blessed. In verse 24, it says, Woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. From a worldly point of view, this verse could be saying, If you have worked hard your whole life and done well with your money, too bad, you've already received your blessing. But from God's point of view, no matter how successful, how handsome, or how popular you are here on earth, that is not enough to be blessed. Again, when you know what, that you can truly rely on God and not all of the riches of this world, that is when you are truly blessed. What Jesus is trying to say is a blessing in today's gospel lesson is not about your circumstances. And if you know that, that is when you are truly blessed. Sometimes we just get so wrapped up in this world that it is hard to see our blessings. Last year after the ice cream social here at Wayne Zion, when it was quiet, thoughts and worries about my own personal life had started to fill my head. 
I can't remember exactly when it was that I shared with the congregation that I would be starting some classes, but it must have been around the same time of the ice cream social. You see, God had bugged me for years. When I was young, my grandma would make mention of me being a pastor, although that didn't seem quite right. I was a female, and that didn't really seem to be a thing around Monticello, Iowa in the 70s or 80s. Pastor Hanneman had brought it up to me several times. I think I even remember a conversation with Pastor Shipper in the 90s about it. I tried to fulfill my call in several ways. I taught Sunday school. I was on the Board of Education. I was a member of the council. I volunteered in many ways at my home church. I attended Wartburg Seminary for a youth and family ministry certification. I was on staff at St. Matthew's. I organized group trips for not only my church, but other churches in the Hope Conference. I was doing everything that I thought I could do. I was doing what I thought God was asking me to do. There was still a nag. When my current position here at Wayne Zion opened up, the weirdest thing happened. I didn't even think about it, not even for three seconds, and I sent a message asking for more information. I would be taking a pay cut from my current job, which would seem to be a little bit of a woe, but it all fell into place so quickly, almost as if it were just meant to happen. I had strong ties to my home church, and the thought of leaving my church was painful. It was a hurt and a feeling that I can't even really explain. My pastor did tell me that I do not need to leave the church to be employed at a different church, but that didn't feel right either. Now, there, now here we are, a few years later, after an ice cream social, and I am having a conversation about my life with a mother here at Wayne Zion. She asked her young daughter, who happens to be one of my favorite little ladies, what she thought of me becoming a pastor. And that little lady, lady giggled. She laughed. She didn't know what to say, just like I didn't know what to say about it. The conversation continued. I don't know exactly what I was saying, probably something to the effect that I was scared and worried. Do you know what she said, what the mom said? She might not have known it, but she used one of Jesus' teaching methods on me and said, Do you think that God sent you here to Wayne Zion because he know we would support you on this journey? Wait, what? Is it possible that God brought me to Wayne Zion because not only could I be a blessing to them, but they could be a blessing to me? Is it possible because I was at my home church for over 40 years, that I was just stuck in the same roles that I always was, and I needed to be somewhere else for God to push me along in my journey with the guidance of the people at Wayne Zion? I can look at this whole story from a worldly point of view. This journey is long. It's unknown, it's scary, and it's frustrating. But I'm choosing to look at it from God's point of view. God put me here at Wayne Zion at this time and let me do my work and my ministry with the littles, all the while knowing that Wayne Zion would be a blessing to me on my journey so they could lift me up to the next step in my journey. So what is the point of all of this? When you measure your blessings by the standards of this world, you will have great woe. But when you let God determine who you are, and how you measure your blessings, 
you will be greatly blessed. So this is what I would like you all to do. Look at your blessings. We can easily get swept up in the worldly blessings or the lack of. So right now, close your eyes. Picture Jesus. Look into his eyes. What you are seeing in his eyes is his love for you. And I can guarantee that there is no greater blessing. Amen. United as one body in Christ, let us pray for the church, the world, and all of those in need. We pray for the church, raise up faithful leaders to proclaim the gospel, guide us in the ways of love, empower us in ministry and in service. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the nations, grant wisdom to our elected leaders for the sake of the common good. Give courage to those who suffer persecution. Give patience and perseverance to those who work to bring an end to injustice. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For those in need, for those who do not have enough food, for those who lack money, for those who are estranged from their families, for those who worry about many things, comfort those who mourn, heal and strengthen those who are sick, and for those who we name silently in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For our church family, for newcomers, visitors, longtime members, and those who are absent from us today, including our family in the military, Captain Ben Harms and David Frankfurt. Root us deeply in your word and increase our faith. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Encourage us by the example of those that have gone before us and lead us in faith until we are united at your unending feast. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive our prayers and fill us with the radiance of your love through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace. Christ is your light. Thanks be to God.
Tears are falling, hearts are breaking. How we need to hear from God. You've been promised, we've been waiting. Welcome, holy child. Welcome, holy child. Hope that you don't mind our manger, how I wish we would have known. But long awaited, holy stranger, make yourself at home. Please make yourself at home. Bring your peace into our violence. Bid our hungry souls be filled. Word now breaking, heaven silence. Welcome to our world. Welcome to our world. Fragile fingers sent to heal us. Tender brow prepared for thorn. Tiny heart whose blood will save us Unto us is born Unto us is born So wrap our injured flesh around you Breathe our air and walk our sun Rob our sin and make us holy, perfect Son of God. Welcome to our Liturgy, copyright 2021, Augsburg Fortress, all rights reserved. Music and lyrics reprinted with permission under one license, number A-729734, all rights reserved.